Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Dorm Room Diaries podcast. I'm Emma. If you are new here, I'm a junior at CU Boulder, majoring in communications. And today, Abby is not here with us, but we have a very special guest. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so not, my name is Ryan Parks. And um, a little background, I currently am living in San Luis Obispo, but I'm from San Diego. And I go to UCSD. I'm currently a junior and studying uh, cognitive behavioral neuroscience. Um, so yeah, happy to be here. Excited. I'm excited too. So uh, Ryan and I have known each other since kindergarten technically. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we went to the same elementary school, middle school, and high school. Um, and when I find, found out that he's studying cognitive behavioral neuroscience, I got really excited. I uh, reached out to him and luckily he's here to talk about like what he's studying. Um, so let's get into it. Um, I want to start off with just a general explanation of what you're studying. Yeah, so um, cognitive behavioral neuroscience is pretty cool. It's kind of a mixture between neuroscience and psychology. So if you are really interested in psychology and human behavior, um, but also really like um, how the brain works, like the underlying mechanisms behind it and how that's all connected. Um, cognitive, cognitive, I can't even say my major half the time, it's, it's a mouthful, but I call it CBN. So from now on, I guess I'll just refer to it as CBN, but it's really cool because um, there's so many um, aspects of it you can go in. And um, one more explanation about it is it also, it's concerned with um, cognitive processes and underlying brain, uh, the underlying brain activity and cognition behind that. So um, for example, like when, you know, we feel a certain way, feeling stressed or anxious or depressed, um, what brain mechanisms are behind that, you know, what, chemicals, what's going on in your brain, why is it doing that? Um, and, you know, other things like um, studying just how your visual system works or um, you, you know, uh, listening and just any sensory pathway, it's just learning how it's all connected. So um, if you don't, like something specifically in it there's something for everyone who's kind of interested in that so yeah it's really cool love it yeah do you um do you have a specific like area of focus within this term or are you kind of like learning the broad spectrum of everything yeah so i i personally am still kind of figuring that out you know i uh i came into this major more into cognitive science and neuroscience. So that was more um, with about processes and brain mechanisms. And now I'm really more interested in like psychology, human behavior, more external stuff. Um, so I'm still figuring that out, but I, I definitely am very interested on just in like why we do what we do and what our brain is doing behind the scenes. You know, that's very broad, but I'm I'm kind of sussing out what I really like about it. And if I'm going to follow a career in this field, like what I would actually enjoy doing and be happy about. Um, 
doing in the future. And so it's just figuring out like a specific passion um, in this field. And it's so broad. Like I, I remember I had a professor who was like, cognitive science, neuroscience, psychology should all be the same, um, I guess, discipline, because they're all so related, but they're, there's so much in each of them. And yeah, it's, it's a lot, but it's awesome stuff. So <laughs> I'm yeah. still figuring out what I really want to do with it. What like originally inspired you to study this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, actually originally um, for the first, for my first two years in college, I was a marine biology major. Um, so pretty different, you know? And uh, you know, the reason, I guess, you know, a little backstory, you know, throughout high school, I was, you know, I've always been an avid surfer and I've always loved the ocean and I didn't really know what I want to do after high school. Um, but everyone, you know, my parents too, oh my God, do you like the ocean? Um, marine biology, it's for you. And so I was like, okay, I guess so. So I just kind of followed that path. Didn't put a lot of thought into it, but just like, all right, let's do it. Um, and did that for a couple years and it was interesting, but I didn't love it. You know, I wasn't passionate. I mean, fully passionate behind the science and things you would do in the field of marine biology. Um, I really um, am a large advocate for climate change awareness and sustainability. So I really was interested in going down that path, but the actual work involved in that field um, didn't really, I guess I didn't really have a passion for. So over, um, let's see, last the summer of 2020, I kind of had this like revelation. I was like, I feel like there's something else for me. And so I really did some thinking and was like, wow, like psychology and human behavior, um, learning about why we do what we do, um, expanding consciousness, all these things were so interesting to me. And I was, you know, talking with some people and looking into um, some stuff, some fields in that area. And I was like, neuroscience, psychology, like, that could be what's right for me. And after some thought, I decided to switch my major to that, to cognitive behavioral neuroscience, CBN. I'm gonna stop saying it, the whole <laughs> thing, but, um, and honestly, great, one of the better decisions I've made. Um, and I guess going back to why I really switched deep down to it is, um, you know, I've experienced my own mental health issues. I've dealt with a lot of anxiety um, and, you know, some depression and many of us have. And I just know so many people who get treatments or, or at least try to get treatments or don't really know how to deal with these mental health. Um, I don't want to say issues, but like mental health um, I don't know what is a better way to say it but yeah I mean it I think issues is like kind of the term that a lot of people use although we know it's not like an issue it's just like yeah yeah I guess yeah I'll just you know with with like depression or anxiety or any mental health thing that's going on with you like I was oh you know I knew all these people including myself who are dealing with this and a lot of the treatments now 
are either not very effective or kind of crude, like a lot of drugs for anxiety and depression, you know, antidepressants and stuff. They're pretty, they, you know, and don't get me wrong, like some people need to uh, take certain medication. Like um, some people really need that. And I'm not saying this is just my personal beliefs, but like that there's a lot more we can do before going to um, something more extreme, say as like medication or some other treatment. Um, and so I was like, there's better, there's gotta be like better ways to deal with this and bring awareness of this. And I was like, I really like the science behind, um, you know, mental health and really want to learn about that. So I was like, I really want to try that. And um, I'm going to kind of check out what um, things I can learn in this new field and see how I can maybe have a career down this path of um, mental health and just allowing people to live their lives in a better way. Because I think a lot of people aren't aware that we're fully capable of, um, you know, taking control of things more than we think. But of course, everyone has, you know, their own specific situation. So can't speak for everyone. But yeah, that's kind of how I um, came into this field really sparked my passion for it. Yeah, I, I think that's really cool that you just for me like I switched my major last year and so I think it in high school all we were taught is like go to a four-year college graduate in four years and then like you know figure out your major beforehand and then stick with it but it's just not realistic for a lot of people no it isn't um, and like I think you're kind of touching on like you feel it when you like know what you want to do and so I think that's really cool that you like st you know took notice of that and like ran with it um on this new uh, direction um but you kind of touched on like the awareness around mental health and I was wondering if you've seen any progress as like a society that we have made um because I think a lot of our mental health um again issues isn't the right word but um could be solved by like early um like just conversation around it so people don't feel so ashamed or scared to like come forward and talk about their own experiences um so do you have you noticed a shift yeah i think um you know as a society we have made a lot of progress in addressing um mental health you know 30 40 years ago um you know even less like it wasn't a very talked about topic. I think, you know, it's it's interesting because it's now almost so addressed, so much focus on mental health that in ways there's so much misleading information out there. And it's almost like, I mean, we can really get into this. I'll, I'll get into this more later, but, um, back to like as a society, I think um, we, we, there's a lot more um, awareness about it, but we could do, we could still do a lot better. Um, but in terms of talking about it, um, I think it's much easier to have a conversation about it. 
with your friends or family or get a, um, if you need a therapist or if you really need medication, it's, it's not easy to do that, but it's definitely easier than it was, um, you know, decades ago. So that's really awesome, but there's new problems that have come up from this new wave of mental health awareness, mm -hmm. um, along with all the positive aspects. Yeah, um, and you kind of touched on it again, but um, like in your own conversations, like since you've started studying about this, have you seen a shift in yourself and like the way you understand your own mental health at times or others? Yeah, um, I think honestly, what really got me into this was dealing with my own um, mental health. Um, you know, I, I dealt with a lot of anxiety, um, you know, for the past couple of years. Um, and at first I didn't know really what it was and how to deal with it. Um, and, you know, I had a lot of trouble being myself because of it. I felt like I couldn't do the things I wanted to, be myself around people that I really cared about. I felt like it was this thing taking control of me that I couldn't control. Um, and so I was looking for outlets to make it stop and not all of them were healthy, you know? And so I, with help um, from friends and just over time, I've kind of been able to learn more about myself, why, where the anxiety comes from, you know, I think for any, um, anyone with, you know, a mental health issue, you really, it's really good to look where it's coming from and find the source of it. Mm -hmm. And when you address that, you can really work on from inside out how to um, deal with that and how you can treat it, whether it's through yourself or through some external thing. So by doing that and working on myself, I was like, wow, this is really cool. I've been able to learn about all this cool stuff and learn about mental health while working on myself. And I've really benefited from it. And now I can help other people as well um, become more aware of it and um, help them with their own issues. So um, yeah, I think it's been a very, um, personal thing for me. Um, and that's one reason why I'm so passionate about it. Yeah, I think part of like destigmatizing mental health, like as much as I would like to go into like a bunch of different schools and like, like implement some mental health curriculum, you know, that's like a very big picture, you know, but it really does like start with you. If you have a passion, if you're passionate about something, um, share that passion with other people and it'll inspire other people to like share that as well i think of mental health like i found a lot of strength in like sharing my own like feelings of anxiety and then seeing other people who are starting to open up too it's like it's just a chain reaction when it gets down to it um mm -hmm, yeah a big thing with destigmatizing it is just start like I, it sounds obvious but just start talking about it on like a very like personal if that just means like writing in your journal is the first time you're speaking about yeah. something and then it like gradually gets bigger um 
so I think it's so cool that you're like wanting to share it with other people, share this information with other people. Clearly I was inspired by hearing about what you were studying about. So that's really cool. And um, I was curious, what is one thing you know now about mental health, either through your studies or like through working on your own mental health that you wish you knew when you were younger? Yeah, so um, that's a really awesome question. So uh, the main thing um, is that strength comes from being vulnerable. It comes from being open about yourself to other people. And that's scary, but it's probably the most rewarding thing that I've experienced is um, being specifically me, being open to others about um, my anxiety and mental health and, you know, allowing for conversation to stem and for people to, I mean, not only does it help you you know, address something you're dealing with and make other people aware of it. It also allows you to um, kind of build a deeper relationship with other people. And really, um, you know, I, I have friends who I've known for my whole life, but um, I'm closer to people who I've only known for one or two years just because I've been so open with them. Um, compared to these people I've known for my whole life. So it really depends on how open and vulnerable you are with the person. And so, um, you know, if I were to tell myself something, um, say back in high school when, you know, I was dealing with anxiety in certain ways, but I, I, I had no clue what that feeling was. I didn't know it was anxiety. I just thought it was something I had to deal with every day. I would probably, you know, my present self would probably tell my high school self like you know really think about what's causing you to have these feelings and you know um, I think you should feel like you're able to talk to people about it to your parents to your friends um, because if I had done that I may not have had to you know deal with those um, you know the, the kind of struggle um, during that time and so I personally kind of had to learn the hard way, um, as most of us do, that, you know, it, you don't have to deal with it to, um, by yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, you can reach out for help, and um, it, it's honestly the best feeling. Um, I really recommend at least trying that. So that's some advice I have for anybody out there feeling like they're you know, lost in their, in what they're feeling, so. Yeah, I, that, I think that's beautiful advice. I wish I heard that in high school, too, because I also was, like, struggling with anxiety throughout all of high school, and I didn't have a word for it until senior year, and so at that point, I've been struggling with it for so long, and I'm like, well, why haven't I figured, why didn't I figure this out before, but, um, with being vulnerable, I know even now I still struggle with that, um, feeling like like a burden for talking about it to other people and like feeling very uncomfortable with talking about it. But some of my like closest friends out of high school have been like, have been built off of this foundation of being vulnerable and not sugarcoating anything about mental health. Um, and I think that's just so lovely. Um, and a thing that I've been telling myself recently is like, 
I struggle with wanting to be seen by my friends or whatever and be like, oh, I want them to see who I actually am. And like, you know, when you're dealing with anxiety, it's hard to feel like you can show that to them. Um, but then I take a step back. I'm like, well, you haven't let them see you. You know, like if you no. want someone to see you, let them see you. <laughs> and I like, that's been a big like um, realization the past year of like, okay, if you want to, uh you know build these stronger friendships or deepen these friendships like show up as yourself and see what happens you know um so i think that's like such a great piece of advice that even i needed to hear today so <laughs> thank you for that um yeah but you talked about um like struggling with anxiety throughout high school and I'm wondering, we're kind of going to shift into like mental health and education, kind of how they interact. Um, how do you think schools could be better equipped to deal with or to support students who are struggling with their mental health? Yeah, so, um, you know, that's definitely a complicated um, topic because a lot of people think there's one best way to go about that and some people have the other way but um i think at least if not having you know an actual class about um mental health i don't know it could be more broad than that it can almost just be about like knowing yourself you know <laughs> like addressing internal things um but at least having if it's not a class, some program or a seminar or um, something that kids can participate in and learn how to be open and vulnerable about stuff. And of course, that some of that it does exist in schools, you know, um, but I think it could be much more prevalent in um, education, especially um, for kids between the ages of 14 and 18. You know maybe even younger because that's when a lot of us start experiencing um, these difficulties with ourselves and with other people and it's i feel i mean at least personally i didn't really start <clears throat> to be educated on this until i was you know 19 or 20 um, after i was in high school and you know i could have saved myself a lot of energy and could have known myself a lot better if I had been more aware of this um, when I was younger. So um, I think it would be really beneficial to, you know, maybe have a class once a week that kids do um, for, you know, maybe their junior or senior year in high school. And what they do is, um, you know, they talk about topics of how to be more open, like, who are you? What do you wanna do? What type of person are you? What do you actually care about? Um, and, you know, a space, safe space where you can talk about things and um, just be super open, you know? And I think there's so many kids in high school who are mature enough to do that. And um, that would that would have helped me a lot. I mean, I don't know if I would have signed up for that class because I wasn't, you know, maybe I wasn't mature enough to do that, but like it would, it would do a lot. I think if we put that in our education system, um, you know, if not throughout the country, throughout the world, because it really mental health 
is not given as much attention with young people as it should, mm-hmm. you know, um, but of course it's pretty complicated. <laughs> yeah, it is a complicated question. And I like knew that when I was writing out, I'm like, there's no way that any of us would have like a straight answer for this, but that's like a great start. And I think like, um, especially in high school and middle school, mental health does such a great, uh, does such a great job at making you feel so isolated and like, your experience is singular, so therefore you shouldn't like share it with anyone else. And I think that's mm-hmm. so difficult, but, um, and I know our high school had like the clubs and like events uh, that tried to help us out. And I think I'm sure it did benefit a lot of like a lot of people, but like you said, like, I think in high school, I wasn't even aware of what my brain was doing. Like I, I was like, I'm like self-conscious or whatever. I'm like, no, it's more than that. But, um, you know, back then I was, I probably wouldn't have signed up for any of this stuff either. Um, yeah. And, um, just say something real quick on that topic. Um, like, you know, I'll put like neuroscience in here, um, I guess, but, um, you know, most people know like your brain is developing until, you know, you're 22, 25. And so, um, pretty much, everything up to that point, your experiences determine, um, you know, when you're, when you have experiences and, um, you're doing things, your, your brain's made up of neurons. And so all these connections they make is based off of what you experience. And so a certain, um, you know, a certain connection will happen if, you know, this thing happens or you, start thinking this way and it kind of gets set up until so we have very plastic moldable minds until we're 25 and so I feel like you know adolescence up to like that point is a really good time for people to be aware um, that they can be more open etc because then it kind of gets ingrained in your in your brain and um, it's something they carry for the rest of your life because a lot of your experiences before the age of 25 really last with you because that's when your brain is changing so much and um, really setting in stone what it's going to be like for the rest of your life. So that's another uh, cool thing to think about why it's good to address this with younger people. Definitely. I, I know all of the work I'm doing now, like I, you know, I'm seeing a professional from anxiety still and like, working through it that way. Um, like all the work that I'm doing is I'm learning a lot of the things I maybe taught or like maybe made myself believe or other people made me believe throughout like my younger years, you know? And it's so difficult. It's possible with a lot of hard work, but um, yeah, I think like if I had these conversations when I was younger, things would be a lot different. Um, mm-hmm. But um, it does give me hope that, like, I think a lot of young people are starting to open up about mental health. And so it gives me hope that people even younger are going to, like, grow up in a world where it's okay to talk about their emotions and is encouraged to talk about their feelings. Um, But kind of shifting from school, um, I want to talk quickly about 
mind versus body and mind and body because I've been hearing these two phrases like you know in different <laughs> contexts like throughout all of my um like high school you know because it's either like the mind is working against the body or vice versa and if you change one thing it'll change the other or if they're working together at the same time like I and I know I'm not a psychology major so I'm like putting this in very lame terms but um what do you what do you have to say about that because I think it's so interesting how like body image and mental health like play into each other um so I was curious what you thought about that yeah no this is this is really really interesting because you know the mind and the body are you know they work in complete unity they are so connected to each other um we don't even realize how connected um because, you know, for example, when, you know, I would get really anxious, um, you know, sometimes I still do, you know, I feel like I can't eat, I feel kind of nauseous. Um, and it's, it's like, why is that happening? Like what? And so that, you know, that's pretty much your mind um, having this reaction of anxiety because anxiety is kind of your defense, um, not necessarily defense, but it's kind of your, your um, mind's reaction to um, you know, a stressor in the environment and, um, you know, like stress and anxiety are related, but they're similar in terms that like, you know, say you are out in a field somewhere and then there's, you know, a bear, or I guess you'd be in the woods and, you know, you freak out and you have all these stressors, you know, what happens is your body, um, it, um, it goes into this mode where, all your, um, a lot of your functions kind of speed up, but certain things like digestion and eating slow down because you don't need to be doing that when you're running from a bear and trying not to die. So it's like your body has these natural reactions to stressors in the environment. And so in terms of anxiety, like, um, you know, I, I, you know, what I'm saying might not be like completely true. I'm still learning about a lot of this stuff, but, um, you know, pretty much your body is so focused on whatever's giving that anxiety that it doesn't want to digest now. It doesn't want to, you know, do something like that. And so therefore you're, you're not feel like you can't eat when you're anxious. So that's just one example um, of how the mind body are connected. And, you know, it's also called like the mind gut connection. I've heard that a lot. And, um, and not just, you know, the stomach though, it's your entire body. Like any, any thought you can have in your mind, um, can cause you to feel like you have a lot of energy or you, um, think of something really horrible and it makes you feel sick or just really low. And you can almost feel these, these mental thoughts. You can feel them in your body. Like, I feel like when you're feeling an emotion, you can, for example, um, when you're feeling anxious, you can kind of feel that in your lower abdomen area, kind of your stomach. And then if you're feeling maybe depressed, you can feel that a little higher up, um, just like below your chest. Um, you know, it varies for people, but, um, and then when you're feeling really, you know, um, excited or very passionate about something, you feel that more in your chest area. And it's like these feelings we have, um, it really allows, it, you know, our bodies react to it in a way that it's sometimes you don't even realize it. And so, 
one thing you can do is when you're feeling a certain way, whether it's a negative feeling or a positive thing, you can think about where in your body you're feeling that. And it's pretty cool because then it's like, you can learn about why that's happening. Um, and so that's just a brief little thing about how it's so connected. Like it's crazy <laughs> how connected it is. And one more thing is, um, you know, I, when you're dealing with the issues that may happen with your body um, from say some mental health issue, um, you know, I am not hungry anymore because I'm always anxious or feeling stressed or something. Um, by working on your anxiety or stress, you know, or really thinking about why that's happening, it allows you to um, understand it and then be able to um, become, you know, have more of an appetite or better at doing this and that. And um, thinking about why your body's doing something can then also help, like, you know, you treat the uh, mental health thing that's going on. And so it's like this two-way streak. And when you realize how connected they are, you can actually really start working on yourself in an effective way. Yeah. Um, I just like it after hearing about what you had to say about like mind and body and thinking back to like my own experiences in high school, like I had all of the physical signs of anxiety before I even knew it was anxiety, you know, like um, the whole nauseous thing, like I was nauseous for seven, like seven hours a day, you know, when I like stepped as soon as I stepped on campus. to so the moment I left, like I didn't feel like comfortable in my body or like settled in any way and I was just like oh I'm just like tired but I'm just like no it just is like anxiety is so physical but like even now as I'm working on my anxiety and it's gotten a lot better I still like my muscles twitch all the time and I'm like that's just like a base level like physical sign of anxiety that I just like deal with now. Cause I'm like, well, it's just like, it's nothing. But um, I think when you deal with anxiety, your first thought is like, I'm dying. Like I, yeah, <laughs> something you feel like it's the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's something seriously wrong with me. I'm like, no, just like take a second. Um, and yeah, it's just crazy when you do like these little um, exercises to help with anxiety. Um, things go away that you didn't even think were like involved with it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, our monkey brain is used to just caring about, um, very baseline resources of like food and sleep and shelter and stuff. And now that we have all these stressors in our modern day advanced society, it's like, we deal a lot of things we're not supposed to deal with, you know, all the information we have from social media and the internet. Um, we're not really supposed to know what's going on on the other side of the world, mm -hmm. you know, um, and not saying that, you know, I'm not saying we shouldn't have um, this technology. I'm just pointing out some things that I've seen and heard about how they cause negative things for us. And of course, there's many positive things that come with technology. But um, yeah, like, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about how how much of the stuff we do every day is not necessarily um, what we're supposed to be dealing with. And I took this social psychology course and there's one guest professor, or I think it was a professor or someone, he wrote a book. Um, his name was Glenn 
Greher. I don't really know how to say his last name, but its last name is G-E-H-E-R. Um, and he just talked about how, um, I forget the term he had for it, but you know, everything we experience now throughout our days and lives, we're not really meant to experience. You know, you aren't meant to be seeing, if you live in a city, especially hundreds or thousands of people you have no, don't even know. Um, you know, you're not supposed to have instant information, you know, even you can get down to artificial lighting and, you know, stuff we do throughout the day, whether it's drinking coffee or whatever, but like, that's, that's just like other stuff. But um, all these things were not really evolutionarily meant to be dealing with lead to a lot of problems. Um, and when you start to look into that, you can see why you're feeling certain ways and dealing with certain struggles. Um, you know, for example, I would, I mean, I guess we could go, would you be down to go into social media? Like start talking about that. Cause I have a lot to say about that. Before we get into social media, do you have like one, um, because it does tie into social media, this like constant information and constant like stimulation, you know, and, uh, do you have a way because you still struggle with anxiety at times? Um, what is your best like tip or piece of advice for people to disconnect from that? And just like, what do you do if you're feeling overwhelmed by stuff online or just your mm -hmm. world in general? Yeah. So, I mean, this is different for everybody. Everybody is, you know, completely different in how, where their anxiety comes from and stuff. But I think at least for me personally, <clears throat> one of the main things that really helps is meditation. Um, or at least some form of um, giving your mind a break because throughout the day, there's so many thoughts from the second you wake up to the second you go to sleep, so many thoughts going on in your head. Um, I need to call my mom, I need to do this, I need to do some homework, I need to study for that psychology test tomorrow, I have to do this and that. And it's like, your mind's constantly having stuff go through it and it's exhausting. and you sometimes need to give yourself a break from that. And the answer to that break isn't always looking at a screen or even reading a book. Sometimes you just need to like completely give your mind a rest. And so meditation or something similar to that, I found to be super helpful. Um, I do it in the, you know, in the mornings I wake up, you know, I'll go for a walk or something, some maybe form of exercise or at least get outside. And then I'll maybe do some stretching or whatever. And then I'll meditate for, you know, 10 minutes. You can meditate for literally two minutes and it's still super helpful. Like it's a reset. Mm -hmm. And and so that allowed me to clear a lot of thoughts and I wake up or after my meditation, I feel, you know, 10 times less anxious. Um, and everyone's different and meditation's hard. Like some, you know, there's on YouTube, you can find like meditation guides and stuff. and I recommend that. And then also, um, just real quickly, you know, I would really look into your caffeine intake. For me, if I drink too much caffeine, it makes me really anxious. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, figure out if that's affecting your anxiety. 
And then also just really the baseline thing is look into where it's coming from. You know, for me, it was kind of a social anxiety thing. Mm -hmm. And it came um, from being in a certain social situation. And as soon as I really removed myself from that, I was able to look at it, understand it, address it, talk about it. And it helped me when I got back in that situation again, be a little more aware where that anxiety was coming from and reduce a bit. Um, and that takes time. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing to remember anxiety or any other mental health struggle, it takes a lot of time. Um, it's not going to happen overnight where you're going to be instantly 100% better. It, it's a process, but it's worth it. Yeah, I definitely have, I've, I've dabbled in meditation, but I think it's like with anything, it, I think it, consistency is key. And I just haven't gotten into that mindset of like, I'm just going to force myself to do it this morning because I know it feels so good in the end, but I just like, my mind is like, I got to work on it. But like you said, yeah, it's, it's hard. So it's definitely hard. <laughs> I have the apps. It's right there for me. But yeah. Kinda like and that's it. okay. Like it's, you know, I sometimes will go like for days or a week without doing it. Just it's, you know, it comes in and out. But if you really try to do it consistently, even for just a little bit of time in the morning or the afternoon, you're going to sleep um we just try it like it can really be super helpful but I know it's hard like it's not an easy thing to do to fully concentrate on nothing you know yeah <laughs> um and so now we can uh go into social media because now we're kind of like in that zone um yeah. I just wrote my final essay from my classes on this topic, but how do you think mental health discourse has changed since the introduction of social media? Yeah, another fantastic question. Um, so I guess to real quickly directly answer that, um, you know, mental health, it's very easy to find accounts and information on social media about mental health, how to get help about it. There's a lot of good resources on there, um, which is awesome. But the thing I think people need to keep in mind is social media is a double-edged sword. So you can get a lot of positive things from it, but there's a lot of negative things that can come to social media too that people need to be aware of. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying stop using social media or anything, but I think it's become such a baseline thing that everyone has social media it's weird to think about not having it like mm -hmm. everyone has social media you know so um yeah i it you know you can really the thing with social media is like you can get help and resources for mental health but at the same time there a lot of mental health struggles are, you know, almost worsened from social media in certain ways. Um, you know, everyone's situation is different, but that's kind of how I see it. And I get more into that too. I have a lot to say about that. Yeah, I, I think it's like a double-edged sword is a great way to describe it. Um, like I've used social media to my advantage in certain, um, for like mental health conversation 
like it's a way for me to like can uh connect with other people through mental health um discussions on there but also like it also does give me a lot of anxiety <laughs> like especially with um you know also with like the feelings of loneliness that we all experience sometimes especially like looking at mental or looking at social media of like everyone's having fun without me or you know and just yeah. like something like that so it's like I it's all about finding your own boundaries with social media and like you know I still talk about mental health in there but also I needed to like take a step back and uh talk about that stuff only with myself or like you know uh yeah. before like talking about it with other people so I get that benefit of like talking it through before um and so it's really interesting um there's there's just like so much information out there that it's kind of overwhelming at times but like I've been trying to just um both use my own account as a place where I can post things that I would want to see from other people just like you know authenticity wise or you know like content wise but also like you can unfollow a bunch of people if you don't want to see them on your feed like if they give you more anxiety just by like seeing their photos i unfollowed so many people from high school recently and it felt so good. <laughs> same dude same i was like i don't talk to you i don't talk to you yeah you're kind of mean to me i don't have anything against you but i'm not gonna follow you <laughs> I, and especially in terms of like body image social media is like plays a huge role in my body like image yeah um, both like talking about it and also like dealing with it um and so like a lot of the girls from our high school that I would like you know compare myself to throughout the entire high school I'm like I don't have anything against you but also like seeing your bikini photos like that's mm -hmm. just like for me I'm like oh I'm just gonna compare myself even more yeah so that's like I, I have nothing against like those girls from high school but I'm like I don't for my own mental health you gotta leave <laughs> like I can't do totally that. yeah um so yeah social media has definitely been a good place for me to talk about things and like feel like I'm connected to people um but also it really sucks sometimes <laughs> um it does yeah yeah but I was wondering this is like a, I've been really interested in this topic recently, um, but do you think like health and wellness brands and diet brands like have started to monopolize mental health like through social media? Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I really thought about that, but um, I guess, you know, there's so many people out there who struggle with mental health um, and I can I guess a way to look at this is, um, okay, so there's this lyric from this song I love by the band called The Garden. I don't know if you know them. No. Um, but they're called The Garden. They're awesome. Totally, everyone should check them out. Um, anyways, one of the lyrics is, um, they sell the poison so they, so they can sell the pill. They sell the poison so they can sell, sell the pill. And so that's pretty much saying like, like this isn't necessarily you know saying one group or whatever is doing this but it's like society will cause these problems so they can sell you treatments for it mm -hmm. and make money off of it 
And this can go whole all the way into big pharma and stuff where it's, you know, selling prescriptions and stuff to um, help treat mental illnesses and many other things. Um, but with like health and wellness brands, I think there's a lot of awesome ones out there. I haven't really personally um, tried them out. Um, and I think there's definitely some that don't necessarily focus on what they should be and others that do. Um, I bet there's a lot of good ones and bad ones out there. Um, and so, you know, of course, a lot of them are making money and making business off of it and people have to live. So it's cool. People who are passionate about this can help others through that. Um, but at the same time, I think there's so much people can do individually on their own um, without having to, you know, have an app or something to help them with it. But this is not true for everyone. Like some people, it's awesome to have, say, a mindfulness app or, um, you know, something talking about, um, you know, I, I, you're kind of talking about um, like eating disorder stuff. Like, you know, I know um, a really close friend who dealt with that and for a while and you know she never really used any like apps or anything she just kind of dealt with it herself but it took a while and it was really up and down thing and maybe if she did have um something you know you know that could be almost more like a therapist or something would be better for that but i think if you're gonna um you know take a part in a health and a wellness brand um I think you should really look into what they're trying to do. Um, if they actually care about you, <laughs> you know? Um, so there's a lot of good and bad out there. Um, and yeah, I mean, getting back into social media, if that's okay to talk about, yeah. um, just because like, this is all tied in. Um, I think that I just want everyone to like, think about this because I really personally thought about social media in this way and I feel like a lot more people are now too you know a lot of people out there watch like the social dilemma and stuff like people are more aware of why <sighs> what social media is actually supposed to do mm -hmm. um and if you come down to do it like social media is really out there to sell you things um for to get people to consume things and um, in this consumeristic society, social media is the perfect way for brands and companies to sell you stuff through your information. You know, I'm not going to go into how that works, but it's like you got to be aware of that if you're going to use it. And also be aware of social media, it's, it mirrors your views and what you you know, if you are a certain side of the political spectrum, you're only really going to see things that align with that or any other mindset. And, and so it kind of keeps you closed mind in that sense. And that can cause a lot of, you know, mental health struggles um, in the sense that you see all these things that you're supposed to consume and how you're supposed to be and things that align with you, but also make you really mad that's happening on the opposite side. And, um, you know, it's being given to you. It's like 
you're not really choosing what you're seeing for the most part. I mean, of course you can go and search something specifically, but when you're, I guess the main thing that scares me on social media is like the feeds, mm -hmm. you know, like when you are just on a feed, like kind of looking at what everyone's doing or things you're following, like sure you picked who you followed, but at the same time, it's like, you know, there's still also, I guess, you know, I don't use TikTok, but like, um, there's the for you page, which gives you like stuff that you might like. And, um, it's like, I mean, getting back into comparing yourself to other people, it, it's really, it can be toxic. Don't always like using that word, but it can be a very toxic, toxic environment because it's all about comparing yourself. Um, whether, you know, I go on there and see this dude who is super muscular and tan and and I'm like, oh my God, like, why don't I look like that? I am not gonna be happy unless I look like that. And that's so not true. Like these unrealistic standards on social media, whether it's about body image, lifestyle, how you're supposed to live, they're just so unrealistic. And people are so capable of figuring out um, what makes them happy from inside. Like, I guess that's one thing I really like to think about is you should look for a lot of what you want in life, whether it's happiness, certain career or passion, and look inside of yourself rather than looking at what's given to you because that's the only way you're gonna be happy in life. Um, and so social media is a little, little sketchy, you know? And I, I don't really use it that much anymore, um, but I think it's great for promoting stuff, you know? You know, for my band, like we don't really have that social media set up yet, but when we do, it's gonna be super great for promoting that and whatever. I just try not to consume too much on there. Um, very complicated topic that I just talked about, but I think everyone should really think about it because it's causing a lot of negative things in people's life, lives, you know? Yeah, I think I'm starting to like recognize all of the, that stuff like slowly as I get older, you know. Um, I think in high school, it seems like such a big deal and like it has to, everything has to look perfect and you have to look perfect and other people have to think you're perfect, all that stuff. Yeah. That's where a lot of my like anxiety stems from is just like that all-consuming feeling in high school of like wanting to be per like perceived well by the people who are following you and who are you, you are following. Um, so I think like definitely people's like perspective can change over the years um, as like, it, I think as a society, we are becoming more, um, we are recognizing the negative effects of social media more, which is really cool. Um, but, <laughs> You know, I've started to like experiment with like turning off my notifications and like, you know, yeah. deleting the app for a few days. And it feels so much better because like, I don't even like, you know, going on there most of the time, but it's just like a knee jerk reaction sometimes to be like, oh, totally. I, like two minutes, let me just like scroll through. Oh, it. it's, it's addictive. It's totally addictive. Yeah. Like, any addiction, like it's so easy to go on there. It just... Yeah kind of scary almost I mean you probably we've all experienced that and I still do and it's scary you know <laughs> yeah and I think like with the whole like 
monopolization of mental health i think it's just like perfectly encapsulated on like social like instagram you know oh yeah there's like like you said we don't really choose what we see most of the time and so like ads are being pushed on like snapchat or instagram that are like take away your cellulite today or like you know like yeah it's horrible yeah i'm like eat this lollipop and I'm like shut up like I don't need you (laughs) like stop it um so it just like it's a little worrying that like younger people are seeing these and are like Mm -hmm. consuming them constantly but I also think there's a lot of work being done um by people I know actress Jamila Jamil um she has her account iWay and um she's made um laws where those diet ads cannot be promoted on pages mm. of users who are 18 years old or younger. Yeah. So that's a huge deal. And like, I think there's a lot of progress being made, um, but it's still a scary place. <laughs> um, so it just kind of like, it comes down to like how you use it or how you don't totally. use it, you know? Um, yeah, just be conscious of how you use it. You know, I've been trying to do that more and it's really hard to do, but. Um, just try, you know, you've tried turning off your notifications and, you know, going on the feed less and maybe even have a couple of days where you don't even use it. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've, I mean, you can talk about how that probably felt really good. Yeah. I mean, it felt great. It <laughs> really did. Like I, you know, I like to, like I said before, I like to post photos and talk about body image and mental health. Like that's kind of like, I my main reason for posting on Instagram is yeah. to talk about that stuff. Um, so that's been really fun for me. But that's other like other than that, I don't spend. Well, I don't know. I <laughs> I don't like to spend a lot of time on like my feed and like scrolling through because I'm like I don't care about most of these people. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah. So just kind of like learning how to use it to your advantage or like like I said earlier, to setting your boundaries with everything, but also social media. Um, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to say about social media? Like, we could, I could make an entire episode about this. It's just, like, there's so much to talk about. Yeah, there's so much to talk about. I mean, I, I, I could talk for like hours, if not days, about this, but um, just a little bit more, I guess, is, uh, yeah, um, for... Yeah, so one good thing that I've kind of, and all this stuff about social media I'm talking about, like I'm figuring this out too. Um, You can, you don't have anybody who's listening out there. You don't have to care or take anything I'm saying. Um, I'm just, you can do whatever you want, but at the same time, it's good just to think about these things because I personally felt like they've benefited me a lot in my life. Um, But yeah, I think um, now with social media, it's it's for a lot of us, it's suppressing, well, this varies for a lot of people, but like suppressing creativity in the sense that you're consuming so much rather than putting out. Um, There's so many good social media accounts out there where people put out their creativity and stuff. Like that's awesome. Um, and I love that, whether you're a musician or an artist in some other way, a photographer, like of course you want to put that out but at the same time like I feel like when you're consuming so much on social media um you know I I had this friend who was like I want to um 
you know, in terms of style, like dressing, like I want, I need to constantly be looking on, you know, my feet and stuff to see what the latest style is so I can be super, have a super good style. Um, and I was like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But um, why don't you just try it just doing it on your own without like, you know, looking at it, consuming as much social media. And um, they did that and now they have just completely their own style and it's like so awesome. And, you know, they don't base it necessarily off of anyone else. I mean, of course everyone's influenced, but it's like when you really draw things out from inside of yourself rather than, um, you know, kind of take someone else's idea or all these things you've been seeing subliminally on social media, you like, that's whenever you're best in your creative state or in your creativity, it can be anything. It can be an art form or it can be science set, you know, being creative about setting an experiment or, um, you know, in communications, figuring out how to talk to someone in a creative way or talk about something um, new. And it's like, I think a lot of people can benefit from listening to themselves more than listening to what everybody else has to say. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I honestly feel like a lot of people can benefit from, I feel like there's no social media, like, <laughs> probably the best, but at the same time, there's a lot of benefits from it. And so it's still a sword, you know, like we've been talking about. Um, yeah, you know, and I feel like, have you felt, I guess question for you, like, has it been more positive for you or negative? But that's definitely pretty complex. I think like social media you're asking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think now it's more positive just because I, you know, I don't think I care as much anymore, which is nice. Like I, especially in high school, like um, just dealing with my own like body image issues and then seeing everyone else online. I'm, it was like too much at some times where I'm like, okay, I hate this. Um, but now I just sort of like, yeah, I guess I don't really care. I just sort of post what I want and then I leave it at that, um, which is kind of like free. Yeah, that's great. But, um, and so I also think like, I really like engaging with people on social media, just like through <clears throat> talking about so, uh, mental health and body image. I get comments of people who I never talked to in high school or anything. And they're like, I really appreciate this. Like I relate so much. And then like, that's a way for me to relate to people that I, or like meet people that I would have never talked to before, you know? Um, but yeah, so I think it's more positive now, just the way I decided to use it. Um, but there are obviously some times where I'm just like, oh God, I hate it. I hate it here. Like, please just throw my phone in a river and never give it back to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's really all about how you use it. I think you just got to try and use it for your benefit rather than um, it working against you. And if you can figure out how to do that and yeah, go, I still haven't figured out how to use social media in that way, but it seems like you kind of figured that a little more and that's definitely a way, way to go about it if you're going to use social media. Yeah, and I think, like, it, you touch on, like, a really important thing of, like, create creativity and just, like, I think I find a lot of my creativity when I separate myself from social media, like you said, like, 
I have been feeling burnt out and so stressed for the past like month of trying to finish up six classes a semester. And um, yesterday I was so tired. Like after I was like, I think I had an hour before my final. I was like, just go to the creek and just like, you know, write for a bit. Um, And that's like, it was the first time in like a few months that I felt like creative or like excited to write because like, writing is really like the way that I see the world and I like make sense of my feelings and the things around me. Um, And on social media, it's like, it's a version of it, but not the most authentic, you know, at times. Mm -hmm. So like, it's been very important to me to like, you know, wake up in the morning and start writing instead of like looking at my phone for the first thing. And like, I have not been very successful, but it's a thought that counts. And, um, (laughs) but yeah, just like implementing those where I'm like, I know where my heart lies and that is in writing and like, you know, talking about all this, you know? Um, So just like, I don't need to turn to social media all the time to figure all this out, you know, Uh, Mm -hmm. in a public sphere. I can like, you know, save some of it for myself too. but yeah, social media is a tricky thing. And <laughs> I feel like we're, I'm going to make another like six episodes about social media. It's just, there's so yeah. much to talk about. But There is so much to talk about. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to finish up here. But what is one last piece of advice that you would give to someone um, listening? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I guess really I mean over you know this pandemic we've had for the past year and a bit I think it's really allowed a lot of us to look more internally and become more aware of ourselves alone and I think that's awesome and um, I think that we should all be trying to look more within ourselves um, than always focusing on external things, you know? Um, And just be conscious about what you're doing and how also just, you know, I just try and be aware of how everything you do every day affects you. Um, Whether it's looking at your phone right when you wake up um, compared to writing or doing something creative or outside in the morning how that affects you or um, what you spend your day or spend your free time doing. Um, and every single thing you do throughout the day affects you in some sort of way. And it's like, if you can take control of that and be aware of that, you can make your life feel so much better. And, you know, and that also ties in with mental health. Like if you can kind of take control of your life in the way that you're aware of, more aware of like, what's causing mental health struggles um, personally to you and really think about that and talk about that. Um, You know, I personally had so much, like so much benefit from that. Um, Yeah, just be open (laughs) to talking about anything because my favorite people in the world are people who are honest and genuine and you know, vulnerable to people they don't even really know that well. And um, I think that's so cool. And, you know, it's, it's hard to do, but 
at the same time, it's the most rewarding thing and most meaningful. Um, and also back to like, um, you know, what you want to do with your life. You know, I found my passion, or at least in this aspect of my life, um, you know, in psychology slash neuroscience. And I did that by listening to myself, you know, listening to my heart and feeling what really felt good. And it's like, if you are confused about what you want to do with your life at the time, just really think about and listen um, to yourself because no matter what anybody else says, like the best thing to listen to is, you know, how you feel. <laughs> so that's another piece of advice that has worked for me in my life. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Um, yeah, reach out everybody. I think like talking about like Instagram, it really just perpetuates this idea of like false connection in a way. And like, I know, uh, I feel like a lot of people uh, our age are afraid to show each other how we feel and like show affection towards each other. And I guess that's my piece of advice is just like, like you said, be open and honest with the people around you and also tell them you love them. Like go hug your friend if you can, or you're like mm -hmm. call your mom or something, you know? <laughs> um, and yeah, in that way, kind of separate yourself from the ideals of social media, but. Um, totally, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I had a great time and um, yeah, I'll see you guys in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs>